Welcome back to Crime Critics and Chaos. My name is Shivani. And I'm Shaylin. And we're your hosts. Uh, we received a really, really good response on our very first episode. Yes. <laughs> As of now, we have a total of 117 views on Apple and Spotify. Yay. And we have 31 views on YouTube. Uh, and I would like to take this time to give a special shout out to a couple of our listeners. Um, first and foremost, shout out to Miss Annalise Hodges, Woo! my best friend. Go Annalise. <laughs> um, the second shout out will go to my cousin, um, Mr. Jim McDonald, who has been super, super active on Facebook, posting and sharing our podcast information. So yes. special shout out to Jim. Woo! Miss um, Tia Edwards, my classmate. She also has been very active on social media um, with the support. Thank you so much for your support, guys. And last but not least, my mother, Miss Shanithia McDonald, who is a queen. Not Mama Harden. <laughs> and definitely supporting us all the way and also all of my other family members. Um, we're definitely going to shout out everybody um, as we go, so please don't feel bad if you did not hear your name on this episode. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of more episodes to go, um, but special shout out to those four people. We love you, we thank you, and keep supporting us all the way. Yeah, and with that being said, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of more information on how you can support us. Um, so you can definitely tell your friends, share on all of your social medias, um, and most of all, please subscribe and follow us on whatever platform you're listening to us on, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. When you subscribe and follow, you will get an immediate notification to our latest episode release. Um, so if you're listening to us on Spotify, then you can click on that follow button on the top left side right below our default photo, and then click on the bell icon right next to that follow button and turn on notifications. Um, YouTube's kind of the same thing. You can click on that subscribe button on the top right corner and then click on the bell icon right next to it to get an immediate notification of all of our future uploads. Um, and then lastly, Apple Podcasts, just click on that top right plus sign symbol to start following us and then you should get a notification that way. Yes, and I also want to add that our uh, podcast will be available soon on Stitcher. Woo! So please be on the lookout for that. We're going to be posting the links for Stitcher very, very soon. So yeah. That being said, let's get into the new episode. Yeah. New episode. Y'all ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. So I would like to start off this episode by naming our sources. Um, please keep in mind that this case has very limited sources, um, but I did use the Charlie Project, um, the Resource Center for Cold Case and Missing Children's Cases, and also the No Network. So those will be the sources that I will be using to tell this story. So before we start this, um, Shaylin and I are actually sitting down this time drinking some wine. Yes. Um, we both discovered that our favorite wine is Stella Rosa. Stella Rosa Black, baby. <laughs> ready to wine and crime? I'm ready to wine and crime, girl. Cheers. <laughs> so the story I have for you guys today is the disappearance of 10-year-old African-American girl named Tasha Shantae Wright. Um, Tasha actually lived in the Dallas, Texas area. She lived with her mom. Now, this story um, happened on October 14th of 1989, so it's been about 30 years or what longer than that. It's been yeah. over 30 years now. It's older than me, for sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so, again, Tasha lived with her mother um, in the Dallas area, and it's more in the East Dallas area. Um, now, some people would consider that, like, the Pleasant Grove area or mm -hmm. the Casa Linda area. It just depends on who you talk to, but I saw mm -hmm. sources that I 
talk to you, um, say it's between Pleasant Grove and Costa Lake. I don't know if you're familiar with that area, Shalani, are you? I'm more of like a North Dallas girl, but <laughs> I've heard of Pleasant Grove, so. Yeah, of course, who hasn't heard of Pleasant Grove? If you're <laughs> in Dallas, you definitely know what Pleasant Grove is, but that's the area that these apartments were in, so it kind of just gives you an idea on, you know, the location and the scenery. So in 1989, um, the name of the apartments that Tasha and her mom were living in were called the Valley Glen Apartments. Now these apartments were located off of Holly Bush Drive and Ferguson Road, again, in the Dallas area. Now I was looking on the maps to try to see if I can locate this particular apartment and it's been 30 years, so it's obviously not there anymore. Right. Um, but however, there is some apartments in that area still. There's actually a lot of apartment complexes, mm -hmm. but there are not any named under Valley Glen Apartments. Right, and especially because, you know, 1989, that was so long ago, I'm pretty sure that they've changed names multiple times between then and now. Yeah, and absolutely. And even then, I was really trying to figure out if that building is even still there. Right. Like, I'm not even sure if the apartments is still up and running. Mm -hmm. Apartments change every day. I'm not even sure if they would just go in and just tear it down after 30 years. I'm not sure how that even works. Right. They could probably do some remodeling or, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, I mean, Shaylin did go ahead and pull up the maps here mm -hmm. um, for this apartment complex. And majority of the apartment complexes in that area kind of look like they've, they're they pretty old. Yeah, so they are. So it probably is the same building. They've yeah. just remodeled. Yeah, I and I actually called one of the apartments. I actually called them. No way. I did. I called the apartments, just one, because, um, again, there's a lot of apartments in this area. Right. Um, but I did call one in particular, and, you know, I just kind of talked to her and asked her, you know, because she gave me some information on the names that they've had in the past. And mm -hmm. she's only really only gave me two names. Um None of them was Valley Glen Apartments, unfortunately. Right. So that's probably not the apartment complex. No. So she probably doesn't remember if that is the No, absolutely name. not. And even I try to even get information to see if she could give me um, any type of information on the other apartments that's across the street or in the area. And she couldn't, of course, she couldn't give it to me because they're not the same apartments. Right. Um, so that's where we stand. So going back to the story on the day that Tasha had disappeared, she was actually with her mother. Um, this is a Saturday morning. So uh, October 14th was a Saturday morning. Um, sources say that it was between the hours of 10.30 a.m. to 10.50 a.m. where she actually was supposed to deliver a message to a neighbor. Um, now, this is the thing that gets me, Shivani, Um, because when I first read this story, it was all type of conflicting information. Um, one source stated that her neighbor or their neighbor was in another complex. You see what I'm saying? So like neighboring complex, not yeah. not a neighbor like next door. But right. Okay. That's what I originally thought mm -hmm. that first of all, again, she's 10 years old. Right. I'm not automatically thinking that she's going to go to a whole different complex. Right. She's You're thinking she's just going to go next door. Right. So when I was actually reading upon this story and reading that particular information, I was thinking that the neighbor was like maybe across the hall or, mm -hmm. you know, not even not necessarily across the hall, but somewhere in, in the, the complex. complex itself. Mm -hmm. Now, honestly, that's still unclear because sources say different things. Sources say it's complex. 
and then some sources say apartments. Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's not really clear if it's two different apartments, and that really stands out to me. Okay. So you did say that she was with her mom. So was she kind of delivering this message by herself, or where was the mom in the picture? So it doesn't necessarily state any of the sources that I've read that the mom was like where the mom actually stood if she was in the house or if okay. she was not there but from what i understand what i took from is that her mom was actually in the house with her and her mom gave her to the tax to go oh, and deliver the okay, message okay 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 got it yeah so her and her mom were actually in the apartment and um i'm assuming that the mom was like hey can you go and deliver this message to the neighbor okay so that's how that took place got it so tasha did leave the apartment um, walked to the neighbor's apartment, mm-hmm. and again, that was around 10.30 or 10.50 a.m. that Saturday morning. Now, it is confirmed that Tasha did make it to the neighbor's apartment. Like, every sources that I read, they mm-hmm. did confirm that Tasha made it to the neighbor's apartment. Okay. Um, now, going back to the message, I don't really know what the message entailed. Okay. Sources never stated what Tasha was delivering as far as what she was supposed to say or what was she supposed to give. Or who it to was the from. Neighbor. Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm not sure if it was, like, one of those things where it was a note mm-hmm. or, you know. But it was from her mom. Yeah, it was from her mom. Okay, okay. But I don't know if it was, like, just verbal. Okay. Or if it was, like, handwritten note. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, but it was a message, not, like, a bag of sugar or anything. Yeah, it wasn't, okay. like, any goods or anything. It was, like, an actual message okay, got that it. she was supposed to deliver. But, again, she did make it to the apartment, the neighbor's okay. apartment. She never made it back home. Hmm. Yeah. She never made it back home in that time frame of 10.30 a.m. to 10.50 a.m. That is a very short time. And there's no sources that confirmed exactly where she went because I feel like that's a pretty big deal if whether she went like upstairs, downstairs, across the hall exactly. to a whole different you know, apartment complex. That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's just so mind blowing. Even then, like now I'm not sure what type of lifestyle people lived back in 1989. Nine, you know. Yeah. I know for a fact it's different than what we live in today. Right. So I'm sure it wasn't out of the ordinary for kids to deliver stuff to other apartments or, you know, family members' apartments, neighbors' apartments. I'm sure it was not out of the ordinary. Mm -hmm. But honestly, for a 10-year-old to go out by herself, and especially if it's in another complex, right? that's very odd to me. Yeah. Especially with it being 2022, you don't, we don't usually let our kids out, you know, no at all not at all <laughs> um and i don't honestly that needs to that needs to keep being kept up because kids go missing every day right um it's not safe out here um but anyway so again we know that she made it she never made it back home so we're trying to figure out what happened between that time of her going to the neighbor's apartment and her coming back home so jumping the gun a little bit do we know if there was, I mean, I mean, where I live now, there are people constantly outside, whether they're walking their dog mm-hmm. or whether they just have their kids with them or whether they're kind of pulling in or pulling out. There's constantly people outside. Yes. Um, so mm-hmm. were there not any witnesses that saw her come out and walk to this um, neighbor's house? Or Now, there were a, a quite a few witnesses from what I read. There were a, quite a few witnesses, but, you know, with these things, you don't know how many kids were out there. Right. You you know, it, it's really hard to try to pinpoint that if it was really Tasha that they see. 
Right. But there are some eyewitness statements, some reports that they did see Tasha. Now, one of the witness statements reported that they saw Tasha in a breezeway, quote unquote, of another apartment complex. Now, I'm not even sure if this is an apartment complex that's different than hers or that neighbor. So that's another thing that's standing out to me. Did she walk from her apartments to the neighbor apartments and then go somewhere else? Mm -hmm. Or was she at the neighbor's apartments and then trying to walk back home? Right. But one of the witnesses did state, and this is an unconfirmed sighting, just throwing that out there because you know, we don't know if this is official. Right. Um, but they did see, allegedly saw Tasha in a breezeway of another apartment. They never specified what apartment that was, though. Right. Honestly, I never even knew what a breezeway was. <laughs> Please don't laugh at me, y'all. I had to Google what a breezeway was because right. I really could not figure out what is a breezeway. Right. Do you know what a breezeway is? I know what a breezeway <laughs> is, but like I wouldn't, if I had to use it in a sentence, I probably wouldn't call it a breezeway. I'd probably right. call it like um, like a passway or a pass-through or something, but I wouldn't call it a breezeway. Right. So how <laughs> would you describe, for the people that actually don't know, because I know I'm not the only one that don't know what a breezeway <laughs> is or at least didn't know what a breezeway was, how would you describe a breezeway in an apartment? Um, it's kind of like a tunnel a little bit, Okay. but I wouldn't, it's not like... It is covered, but it's not, there's still, like, both ends are still open. Okay. So, yeah, basically, that's basically what that is. It is like a, I wouldn't say like a hallway, but it's kind of like an outside hallway. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. actually the perfect way to describe it is a hallway, which is why I would call it like a, like a, like a pathway or something. Because yeah, it's like, like a it's like a one, like, if you just imagine two different buildings and then imagine, like, a little bridge crossing both of them mm-hmm. with, like the top cover, that would be a breezeway. Yes, so that was uh, allegedly where one of the witnesses stated that they saw her. I'm still stuck on the fact that why wasn't it reported exactly what apartment she she was seeing? Yeah, if you have a witness that's saying, oh, I saw her at a breezeway, you should know what apartment complex breezeway that was. Right. So do you know, because like I just explained, like a breezeway could be separating two different buildings. Exactly. Do you know if this breezeway was separating two separate buildings maybe right. or a, a apartment complex yeah like it could be like a breeze with just separating two different complexes mm-hmm. so what i want to do is i want to go ahead and just try to like pull up the maps of what i believe may be the apartments of the area okay this is what i came up with here shivani and uh shivani and i are looking at the map of the location that i believe that the apartments were located in at the time it kind of gives you an idea. So say she was over here, Shivani, mm-hmm. and she walked to that complex. Right. But I don't see a breezeway, and I don't even see, like, like an area that a breezeway could have been if they did happen to tear it down or anything. Right. That's a street, and I'm not right. even sure because that could have never been there in right. 1989. Mm-hmm. So it could have been, like, some type of tunnel. We don't, we don't know. Right. There's literally no public records online. I have searched the dark web everywhere I could think of to try to see where these apartments were located and I cannot find anything. Well, and then from somebody who's lived in many apartments in her life, <laughs> um, uh, a breezeway doesn't necessarily have to separate two separate buildings. It could also be within an apartment complex. That's so if there is a, you know, a breezeway between floors, maybe mm-hmm. that could be a thing. Again, we're not sure how like the blueprint of all of these apartment complexes are, right. but, um, 
based off of you know looking at the maps i don't think that it's separating two buildings if anything this breezeway was probably separating like two different floors or something like that exactly and even then um we don't even know how many apartments were in that particular facility. area like, right that's another thing that we need to look at too because clearly there was more than one apartment complexes <laughs> even now looking at the maps of 2022 there's a lot of apartments in that area right which is really really hard for me to even find out what the Valley Glen apartments and that's, were. And that's in a lot of places. Like, you'll mm-hmm. see apartment complexes all kind of compiled together in the same area mm-hmm. um, rather than, like, one apartment here and then a mile away, another apartment. It's, right. It doesn't really, like, nowadays it's kind of all clustered together in one little area. Yeah. Um, so. You're right. Um, so there's also another unconfirmed sighting of Tasha. Okay. Um, so again, we have that she was seen at a breezeway of another apartment, unspecified what apartment they may have been. Okay. Um, there's also another report stating that she was spotted staring at some bushes 30 feet away from her apartment complex. Staring at bushes? At bushes. <laughs> what? Bushes. Bushes. What was she doing staring at bushes? I have no idea, <laughs> but like, think about it. That could have been any kid. Yeah. Any they probably kid. saw something in the bush. Like, I see rabbits in bushes all the time like, and I stop. So Lizards, rabbits, anything. Like, even if it was her, they kind of, like, honestly, when I was reading this particular source, they were kind of making it seem like she was incompetent. Or, right. That's what like, I was kind of. Out of it in the way. Yeah. Like, I don't understand it. I don't really see anybody just staring at bushes like that. But the way they were making it sound like. Um, and again, this could just be me speculating, but they were making it sound like that she was just out of it, just staring at bushes. Right. Um, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't really like that at all. Um, but another thing that stood out to me about this particular unconfirmed sighting was that she was 30 feet away from her complex. Right. So now you got a, a you have a witness stating that they saw her in a breezeway, and then you have another statement that she was seen staring at bushes 30 feet away from her apartment. And we don't even know where this breezeway was to kind of compare where she was allegedly seen the first time compared to the the second time. Exactly. So that in itself, that's why I'm saying that this is so conflicting mm-hmm. because how do you go from being in a breezeway to staring at bushes 30 feet away from your complex? It, it's, it seems like they need to get their witness statements together a little right. bit better because they need to have more, you know, okay, another question. And, I mean, I know this is 1989, uh, but were there not any security camera footages anywhere? Honestly, that's a great question, but I don't think so, Shivani, honestly. Like, just to be real, in that area at that time, I don't think that surveillance cameras were even available at that time, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, that that's what I've been stuck on. Mm-hmm. That that's what i've been stuck on for the longest but that those are the two unconfirmed sightings okay of tasha um now after she's vanished um there was a massive search done um i try to look online to see if there's any type of information on this search but there's nothing online Shalani, nothing nothing online um that states that there was a search done in the area because from what i've seen in the sources that i read that there was um a big massive search like in the area like 50 feet or something like that Mm -hmm. of the apartment complexes combined so you're saying not only is there any media coverage but there's not any investigation done between then and now either no not that i could find and guys this is the reason why we do this like Mm -hmm. for cases just like this because 
I mean, just to give an example, of course, every case has its own importance, right? But if you look back at the John Benet Ramsey case, you'll see that that was years ago, years but people ago. are still talking about that now. There's still media coverage, there's still investigation on it. Exactly. You'll see documentaries and everything, but cases like Tasha's, you don't see coverage, you don't see investigation on it, you don't know about it. Not at all. So this is the main thing that our that our podcast is trying to absolutely, absolutely broadcast. And, um, there, there's a lot of other things that tie into that also, Shivani. Um, I won't speak about that now, okay. but you know that goes without saying. Right. Um, so unfortunately, I could not locate any newspaper articles or reports about a search being done. So honestly, it's really hard for me to try to give y'all information about when it was done, where it was done, because there's nothing, nothing online that I could locate. Um, but again, we do know that there were helicopters and mm-hmm. just a massive search from what I read on the sources that I was reading. Right. There was a massive search done, but why wasn't that publicized? Right. And I mean, with this being back in 1989, I'm sure like, you know, the World Wide Web wasn't a huge thing back yeah, then. So no. I'm sure there was like coverage on it, just probably like newspaper articles here and there. And yeah. that's probably about it. So in regards to that search, um, Tasha's mom actually made a statement. Um, There's a report that she noted that the community didn't even get involved in this search. Wow. Like, no community involvement whatsoever, not according even, to her mom. Not even, like, residents of the apartment complexes in that area? They didn't want to do, like, a search party or anything? Um, no, not from what I've read. The way that she quoted and i will uh, do the quote you know explain the quote in a second but how i took it from that nobody got involved maybe you know maybe people here and there maybe mm-hmm. close friends but the community as a whole did not really get involved and that really hurts my feelings for tasha right um um but her mom and i quote stated that again nobody was involved and everybody seemed like they were a little hush hush about the situation that's what tasha's mom stated verbatim kind of like people knew what could have happened but they didn't want to say anything they didn't want to like the bystander effect yeah so for those of you guys who are listening who don't know what the bystander effect is that's basically where you know something or you see something that you know isn't um, supposed to happen or is it supposed to be it's not accurate or not mm-hmm. supposed to be you know they know it's wrong yeah. and you sit there and let it happen anyway without saying anything or doing anything because you don't think that it's any of your business right. and that's the bystander um, bystander effect. Thank you for explaining that Shabani that was a really good I tried I tried <laughs> in there, um, so meantime between time of them doing the searches they actually did have a person of interest um, oh. yeah and that person of interest was Tasha's father. Okay, I'm sorry. I mean, I don't know where her father kind of came into play with all this. I don't know if he was estranged or whatever, but how is the person that she was delivering this message to not a person of interest? I mean, that was the last person who saw her. You know, I love the fact that you brought that up. Honestly, I didn't even think about that (laughs) until you said that. Absolutely. I honestly, and I'm not trying to throw shade at anybody. We're just stating the facts here. The persons of interest should have been the mom, the neighbor. That's who I feel like should be the person of interest. Yeah, yeah. like, 
the last person who's seen her should be the person that you would want to interrogate the most because exactly. that's the last person who saw her. Exactly. But they went to the father. And, again, there's nothing tying him why they made him a person of interest. But, of course, you know, I guess being that he may have been estranged. Mm-hmm. We don't know the relationship between Tasha, her father, Tasha, her father, and her mom. We don't know. So I'm sure they had reasons to make him a person of interest, and rightfully so, because anytime a child goes missing, always look at the parents first. Right. Always. Um, but Tasha's father at the time was living in Rockwall, and those who live in the Dallas area, you know where Rockwall is. Mm-hmm. It's um, where the Lake Grey Hubbard um yeah, I was gonna say river, but I don't think it's a river. <laughs> it's a lake, guys. Lake. It's a lake. <laughs> it's lake. Yeah, and we, ugh, girl, those those cases there. Wow. Yeah. Um, but yes, he was living in Rockwall, Texas, at the time, which is about thirty to forty minutes from the area that um, the apartments were. Yeah. Right. Um, now they brought him in for questioning, um, but of course, nothing came about that. He had an interview with detectives. He said he did not know Tasha's whereabouts. He had no idea what was going on. So they just kind of ruled him out. They didn't check for his alibi? I mean, what? Yeah. I feel like I should be an investigator at this point. Because, like, what were y'all doing? Literally. (laughs) And from my understanding, they literally probably only had one interview with him. And was just like, okay, he's not a person of interest any longer. He doesn't know Tasha's whereabouts. So we're just going to completely rule him out because he had nothing to do with it. I mean, not that I, you know, again, I'm not an investigator, so I don't know how things work. But based off of the TV shows and everything we listen to or watch and all of that, I mean, usually what people do is they investigate and then they interrogate you and then they have to verify your story so if you're like oh i have nothing to do with this and they're going to be like well where were you at this time and then he'll probably be like oh i was at work and then they would go to this person's work and verify that you literally were at work at that time that's called verifying your alibi but (laughs) honestly that probably did happen but like i said we have very limited sources on this case so that very much could have happened okay it's just not publicized if that did happen so um Again, we we know that he was no longer a person of interest after they did an interview or two. I don't even know how many interviews they had with Tasha's father. Right. Um, But he is no longer a person of interest from my understanding now. Is there any history with the father as far as, like, abuse or? We don't know. And that's also something to look into very much so because, like I said, we don't know the relationship that Tasha had with her father. Right. We don't know the relationship that Tasha her father and her mother had together as a whole we don't know and that's also something that really needs to be looked into because yeah she could have been i mean again nothing against the parents this is just speculation but she could have been abused you yeah, know and that could absolutely. have been we see that in cases nowadays a lot so i mean it wouldn't be out of the ordinary for that to have happened back in 1989 right absolutely you're right um so honestly the case fell short not surprised right case fell short after exhaustive search, after questioning father, after getting witness statements, they couldn't really tie anything together. They couldn't. And so she still remains unfound today. To this day, she has not been found. That's crazy. I feel like they could easily just go back. They can easily recant their 
or not recant, but revisit their witnesses, get better statements, kind of look into the statements that they provided back then. I mean, I know, like, because it's been so long, obviously these statements are going to, I mean, witnesses are not going to remember at this point. So when you do another witness statement, it's not going to be the same as what they said back then. But at least revisit the ones that were already taken and see what you can verify and what you can't. Right, you can definitely go back to those statements and comb through them right let's comb through the statements and like i say it will it will be so much more helpful if they have more information on this case right but they don't unfortunately however though shivani there was another witness that i did not mention and the reason why i saved this particular information for kind of last is because this is one that's very very interesting okay um now this is actually another neighbor that um lived in the valley Glen apartments with Tasha and her mother. Okay. Um, the name was Vern Hall. Like, I'm not sure if Vern is a woman or a male, mm-hmm. but the name that the sources did stay, and I'm, please keep in mind these are the sources that stated her name. Okay. Um, her name is Vern Hall. He or she, and um, she was a neighbor. Vern actually stated that at the time that Tasha had disappeared, she noticed that there was a truck that frequent that area quite often. Mm-hmm. Not only that, this truck was driven by a male, and this male in particular would go around giving kids candy around the neighborhood to do quote unquote, and I do say quote unquote, little jobs for him. Yeah. That's what suspicious. the hell is little jobs? <laughs> like errands? Like, oh, hey, kind of like, you know, Tasha's mother when she was like, oh, go give this message to somebody. Right. That's what does that mean? But even then you don't send random little kids that you don't know to do odd jobs like that. Right. This still got to me by far. And this is just a truck driver. This is a, a truck. Tr- not a resident of that area that we know of, but right. just a truck driver. We don't know if he was a resident of any of those apartment complexes in that area. But we do know that this neighbor stated that she noticed that this truck was always in that area, especially at the time that Tasha disappeared. And she noticed that he would always talk and mingle with the kids mm-hmm. and give them candy to do little jobs for him. What What the hell is little jobs? And if she knew this, why didn't she, like, say something before? Like, if you knew that there was a man that was telling kids to do odd jobs for him, wouldn't she speak up and say I mean, okay, example. If you had a child and we were living in the same apartment complex and I knew that there was a man that was coming around and telling kids, hey, do this for me and I'll give you candy, I'm pretty sure I'm going to tell you. I'm going to be like, hey, right. Shaylin, you're, um, just to let you know, and I would, I would give you that information right. just so that you can keep your kids safe. But, exactly. I mean, I don't know how close people were in that complex, I mm-hmm. guess. I don't know. Honestly, it doesn't seem like they were. Yeah, if if they didn't even, I mean, they didn't even help in the investigation as far as search parties, which, I mean, there's this one thing that I'm really, I mean, we've progressed a lot over the years, and this is one thing that we've done really well now is that we hop on to tasks like that very quickly. Like, as soon as there is a missing report, I feel like everywhere that we hear these things, we're constantly forming search parties and looking for, you know, those missing people. Right immediately mm-hmm. um whereas back then i guess it wasn't so common to do that so. yeah i'm just still stuck on what little jobs would you need a little <laughs> kid to do for you right and i mean of course this is a you know like you said this is just a resource so yeah. we don't even know if that's proven or anything but if this is true i agree with you that right. that's insane 
But honestly, I would think that even if it was not true, that's a little far-fetched to just, you know, just say, hey, I've seen this truck in this area all the time. This this guy that's been driving this truck, he's always, you know, talking to the kids, getting him candy. That's a bit far-fetched to just make up. Right, but it's cliche. Right. So, I'm sorry, but, y- you know, in typical stories that you hear kidnappings, it's always the ice cream truck driver. Always, always. always. It's always. the cliche. So, I feel like, for if you know, I'm not saying this resource made it up or anything like that, but if somebody were to, like, you know think of someone who could have done this they're going to picture a truck driver right bribing kids with candy that, that's always the cliche. A male. yeah always a male always. always that's the cliche part of it, it fits so the narrative yep it always fits the narrative it's the mo typical mo yeah but i do you think that that's true that, that might be the case i don't because i feel like if that was the case more than one person would have noticed that i don't know how to feel about that honestly i i don't want to debunk that that could be the case because Girl, let's be honest. In the 1980s, 70s, whatever, there were some weird people. <laughs> and there's still weird people now, don't get me wrong. But honestly, we look at take a look at these type of cases. There's always a truck in a mill involved with doing weird stuff. With, yeah. You know? Yeah. So I don't want to try to, I don't want to quickly, I don't want to quickly debunk that. Because right. there could be other people that noticed that they just didn't say anything. Because they didn't feel right. like they was something that was out of the ordinary or odd right but that's what this particular neighbor has stated um also one thing to note which is why i'm saying that i don't want to quickly debunk it because Mm -hmm. she stated that after tasha disappeared the truck was no longer there no more it never came back huh i think the crime junkie in me if that was me the crime junkie in me would probably be like writing down license plates and like (laughs) I (laughs) i still do that like i'll be driving and i'll just like half the time I'm really not paying attention to the road guys sometimes I don't know how I make it from A to B um I'm really surprised how I do that but on the days that I am paying attention I'll just be like driving on a highway and if I see something out of the ordinary I'll be like let me memorize that license plate real quick right nowadays you got to you have to (laughs) honestly but honestly you know back in those days nobody was thinking about yeah that's true that's true um but that truck according to this neighbor it was no longer there and never frequented area anymore after Tasha disappeared. That's really odd to me. Yeah. That's really odd. That, that's probably something that they should have looked into a lot more. Uh, well, according to this neighbor or just sources in general, the Texans didn't take it seriously. Yeah, that's what it seems like. It doesn't seem like they really did a lot of investigation that they should have. They should have. They probably did, like, the minimum amount to just kind of mm-hmm. get something started. And then when they couldn't, like, you know, come across something that really – you know, gave them an answer, they right. they were done. Um I just I just don't understand because even if you felt like it wasn't enough information provided, you still should have investigated this a lot more than what you did because for according to the sources, they didn't do anything up with this information. They literally were just like, Well, it's not that much information. We don't have a truck license plate, we don't have a name of the yeah. driver, we don't have probably don't even have a color we just know that it was truck a male that was giving out candy how do you know that much information and not know the color of the truck though right see you see that's why i'm just kind of like mm. so shivani this is what we have now um we have a 10 year old girl who disappeared without a trace we have witness statements that conflicted and we have a truck that 
we don't know who belong who it belongs to. Right. Um, so foul play is suspected in Tasha's case, of course. Oh, I'm sure that goes without saying. Um, again, to this day, she has not been seen or heard from again. It's been over thirty. And there years. hasn't been any searches from then to now. Like no, you know, field searches or anything. No, nothing. I have. Shavani, when I tell you I've combed through the internet to try to see if any updates, there's nothing. No new updates on this case. And do you happen to know which police department was handling this? This was Dallas Police Department. And wow. they're still handling this case to this day, Dallas Police Department. Um, there's no new leads. There's no new suspects. There's no new searches. Shavani, I even looked on YouTube to see if anybody was just, you know, talking about the case mm-hmm. any old um articles or you know any old interviews there's nothing on youtube wow i can't believe youtube out of all places yeah nothing on youtube and y'all can go search for yourselves there's nothing nothing at all it's just heartbreaking it is it's, it's so very heartbreaking um so at the time that tasha disappeared um she was wearing a short sleeve aqua colored faded uh, shirt and shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, she also had on brown color slip sandals. Okay. So basically brown sandals. Um, she also had her hair to the side. Not sure if it was like in a ponytail or but it did say that she had her hair to the side with a clip attached to it. Right. Um, she also has a mold on one of her fingers. It doesn't specify which finger but mm-hmm. she has a mold on her finger um, and she did have pierced ears at the time. Um, and for those who knew Tasha, she was described as being a really, really good student in school. She was actually in the fourth grade. Okay. Um, she was in the gifted and talented program okay. um, at Bales Elementary School. Mm-hmm. Um, her hobbies included music, dancing, and swimming. So just, you know, ordinary kid right. growing up, you know. Sounds like we would have gotten along if I was her age at the time. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> How old would she be today? Let's see. If she was 10 years old in 1989. So... She was actually born, I believe, in 1979. Yeah, so she, you said she was 10 years old, correct? Yes, at the so, time of... yes, just confirmed she was born in 1979. So she would have been 43 years old today, today guys. Today she would have been 43 years old. Um, that's where we are today, nothing. And this is why I wanted to do this episode. Right, I'm glad you chose this one. Um, I mean, this is kind of what we're about is you know, talking about cases that don't get coverage and, um, you know, the situation and the outcome is all unresolved. So um, I'm sure if they did a search today, maybe they would come across something in that area. I don't know. But I mean, I just think that they could have done so much better with the investigation as far as their resources that they had. You can always do better, honestly. Um, I really feel like I'm kind of disappointed that... um, Dallas detectives, they didn't really take some of these, you know, reports seriously, especially with that truck. I know that even if it was lack of information, that's still something to look into. Right. That should have been that should have been taken a lot more seriously than what they did. And I feel like a lot of information could have been, you know, obtained if they would have taken that particular um, report a lot more serious. Right. Um, no, I agree. So what are your thoughts on this case? What do you think happened, Natasha? Um, I, I don't think it's a family member. 
Uh, again, we don't have enough information on the background of these family members or, you know, what was going on in their household, I guess. Yeah. But just kind of based off of everything I've heard so far, I really do think that this was an outsider job, like someone yeah. who probably lived around the area, maybe, maybe. Um, yeah. or, you know, came across Tasha frequently. And, you know, sometimes these kinds of crimes are impulse crimes, mm -hmm. you know, so I think that this might have been like an impulse so? crime yeah where someone was just kind of driving down the street and they saw her walking alone and you know did the deed but that, that could be a possibility honestly. I another thing to me and again I'm you know I don't know how the minds of all criminals work but one thing I've noticed in criminals is when they do kidnappings they don't like to keep the body long no. if if they kill her you know or yeah. if they kill the victim so I really do think a search would be very beneficial to this case it because would. I don't think that this killer would have held on to her body that long and probably disposed of her body somewhere close to the area. I really feel like that too. I really feel like uh, if she is deceased, we don't want to, you know, assume assume mm -hmm. that she is. But honestly, it's been too long. Right. Um, if she is deceased, I really feel like she is buried somewhere in that area, very exactly. close to that mm -hmm. uh, area of the apartment complex. I don't think she got that that far. far. I agree. I, I think the same way, which is why I was very shocked that there were, you know, weren't any searches done because I do think that they would have came across something that could have helped them in their investigation as far as that. Yeah. And I mean, I, I honestly, percentage-wise, I do think it's safe to say that she probably is deceased. I mean, yeah. you know, it's been way too long and no sightings of her at all. Right. So, um, but again, you know, you'd be surprised with yeah. all the things that... A lot of cases nowadays, a lot of people are starting to come out of the out of the blue and like, hey, I've been missing since I was like five years old. Right. So it's, it's a miracle. It's, it happens. It's not, you know, out of the ordinary, but honestly... With this particular case and the details that we have, I really feel like this she might be deceased. Right, I agree. So, Shaylin, what do you think? What are your opinions on this case? Um, honestly, I do believe that this was a non-family abduction. Um, honestly, feel strongly in my gut that this was a crime of opportunity. This okay. was not somebody that was scoping Tasha out, you mm -hmm. know, impulse kind of like. her anyway. I really think that this was a, definitely a crime of opportunity. They saw her walking mm -hmm. by herself and they took the opportunity to abduct her. And I really feel like this was somebody that really did not know her. Right. And she was 10 years old. So I, you know, she may have seen or known of Mm -hmm. the abductor if that Possibly. you know if that perpetrator actually you know used that as a tactic to get her into his vehicle right um if not then he obviously just stopped and grabbed her and you know mm -hmm. put her in the car truck van whatever right. but if you know if he did actually like lure her in the vehicle then she must have known him because i feel like she was old enough to like know right you know if she should get into a stranger's car or not exactly. especially if her mom was trusting her enough to you know, deliver messages that were not in the same apartment complex, possibly. We don't yeah, know. We but don't know. That's really what we need to figure out. Mm -hmm. That's actually where I think we should start. Like, right. the person who she was delivering that message to has to know something. Like, has that has to, to be a, a good key to this case, for sure. Yeah, because, I mean, they did say she made it there. Yeah, so that was the last person that spoke to her, saw her. They should know something. Right. Like, what direction did she head after exactly. she was done with? I was going to ask that. Like, what so. direction did, did y'all see her? Like, what direction did you see her go to? Because I'm sure you saw her go somewhere. Right. Um, that, I feel like that's where 
the whole thing lies. Right. We need to figure out how far the complex was, if it was actually in the apartment, her apartment, or if it was on a totally different apartment, because that could also paint a picture, uh, walking distance. Mm-hmm. Give us an give an accurate description of, right. of how far everything was and where exactly. she went and maybe why she went there or whatever the case is. We have a better um, description of what happened that day. I just don't see a 10-year-old walking that far. Yeah. And that short of a time period was literally it could have been more minutes but from what the sources say it was about and, 20 and minutes and that's to say that that's that's even her like they right, like you yeah. said earlier like we don't even know it was like an you know unverified sighting of her so mm-hmm. it may not have been her and you know when you hear something i know i do this when you hear something about something happening and you know that you were in that area you automatically start thinking of you know i was in that area did i notice something and then right. i feel like your ma- your brain starts like messing with you and you start realizing like you start thinking of things that may have happened that really didn't happen exactly. but in your head you think it happened so that could have been that a thing. could have been a, a possibility but i'm just still stuck on the distance of the apartments yeah i feel like that's really where that whole this whole thing lies how far was that apartment that she walked to right was it in the actual was it her apartments or was it somewhere else was it a totally different comp because from what i've seen it was saying complex Right. That means to me a totally different apartment. Yeah. Like a whole Not totally a different, different apartment building, but a right. complex. That That's a whole different, yeah. I agree right. with you. So that's where we need to start there. I agree. Looking at that. And I'm going to keep trying to look on Google. I'm mm-hmm. going to keep trying to see if I can, you know, see if those apartments in that area are still there. Or, you know, is it one of those apartments that we looked on on the Google Maps? It has to be somewhere there. Yeah. It has to be because I just don't see them tearing down that apartment complex right i just don't see it yeah Um, i agree wow that's where we are right now i really hope that this episode really brings light to her disappearance i really feel like and i hope and i pray that this episode would really trigger detectives dallas police department anybody that was in that area at the time that's still living mm-hmm. let's talk about it let's yeah. spark it back up let's get searches done let's get you know statements back going let's look at the you know the case reports let's mm-hmm. do all of it yeah this cannot just let's die find like her that. let's find her yeah. i agree um well that was our story for today guys um like shaylin was just saying um you know our goal is to shine light on this so talk about this tell your friends um, and get this spread out as much as we can. Absolutely. If you do have any information on Tasha Shante Wright's disappearance or know of her whereabouts, please contact the Dallas Police Department, or you can also contact the Texas Department of Public Safety or mm-hmm. submit anonymous a tip. So. Yeah, Crime Stoppers are a big thing, um, so you can always submit a tip. Yes, absolutely. Um, before we end our episode, I wanted to quickly um, talk about something else that you could do to help support us Mm -hmm. Um, so one thing that could really help us is giving us a rating and a review on the platform that you listen to us on Um, so whether that's apple Podcasts, youtube or spotify i don't think you can give reviews on spotify but you can give us a rating on spotify yes so if you could just give us a rating um, or a review that would really help us yes um it would actually help us um you know, bring our podcast to the feeds of other true crime listeners that aren't our friends and family. I know right now we're a very tight knit community um, (laughs) as far as our friends and family, but this will help us kind of grow um, bigger into other audiences. So definitely give us um, 
a review and give us some ratings. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> follow us, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please go follow us on Instagram at Crime Critics Chaos. Please follow our Facebook pages. I will definitely be posting the links. Giovanni, I will be posting the mm -hmm. links so you can go and follow our pages. Um, again, we will be posting our podcast soon on uh, Stitcher Premium. Mm -hmm. So please check that out once it's available. Um, and we just want to thank y'all for tuning in. This is the second episode, so we're so excited. Uh, we love all of y'all's support. Continue to support us and help us get these cases. Help us get these cases out there and bring light. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, y'all. Thank you, thank guys. You. See you next episode. See ya. <laughs>